Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. But then I would also peer over her shoulder as she thumbed through the pages of Vogue magazine and again was was worshiping like or fixated on these bodies and just thinking, oh, if one day when I grow up, I want to be a model because if I'm a model, then prosperity, success, beauty, right. approval is mine for the taking forever and nothing bad can ever touch me. <laughs> right. And I did pursue modeling in, in high school. And I can remember, you know, going to several casting calls and they would always tell me, you know, well, you need to lose 15 pounds Mm. and then maybe we'll talk. And I just remember thinking like, I didn't have 15 pounds on my teenage body to spare. And so that always, you know, went into, uh, a disordered relationship with food, you know, binging and, and purging at times, diet pills before soccer practice, that sort of thing. And I really look back and I see that I was living a very small life Mm -hmm. because I've learned that a self-focused life is a small life. Mm -hmm. Hey there, that was today's guest, Allie Marie Smith. Oh, you guys are going to love the interview we have today. Allie just wrote a new book called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. You're going to like that one. But let me tell you a little bit about Allie. She's the founder and director of Wonderfully Made, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping teen girls and women know their God-given identity and value. She's an award-winning author. She's a speaker. She's a podcast host. She's a life coach. She lives in northern Santa Barbara County where she loves to surf. Y'all, we had such a fun interview, and I am so happy to share it with you. We talked talked about everything from thin inspiration, you know, where you put those pictures of skinny people on your fridge to what Psalm 139:14 really means. And we talk about self-esteem and body positivity and what we think they're missing. Oh, you guys, it's so good. So I can't wait for you to dig into this episode. But before you do, I got to tell you what's coming ahead because it's the beginning of April and ironically, We were supposed to have a series in March called Model March, where I'm talking to models. Well, scheduling got a little off. So now it's Model April, which doesn't have the same ring to it. But it's so fun that Allie actually had modeling as part of her story, too, because it's a perfect fit for this series. Because over the next couple of weeks, I'm interviewing three different models, former models, I should say. And you are going to be intrigued by their stories. Well, thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this. Here we go. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Allie Marie Smith, thank you so much for being on the Compare to Who show today. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. 
Okay. So I have to be honest with you. When I first saw your book, I was nervous. Okay. I was nervous because it was like, oh no, here is another book just telling women not to worry about themselves because they're fearfully and wonderfully made and writing everything off to this like over overly simplified explanation of this Bible verse. And it's going to be all about me, 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 me. And, and I was nervous. And then my friend, Aaron Todd interviewed you. And I was like, oh, well, if Aaron likes you, (laughs) then then it's got to be good. And then I actually dug in and read your book and it's wonderful. And I loved it, Allie. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really good book. And I think you do a really tremendous job with using the scripture the way it was intended. And you encourage women through it without making it all about me, 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 me. And I love it. So I'm just going to start off by saying, I love this book so much. It's called Wonderfully Made. And I'm going to put all the links in the show notes, but but I'm excited to have you on today because Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of genius what you did in in this book. It, It really is. I mean, it's, it's brilliant. I just, I've seen Psalm 139, 14 oversimplified so, so, so many times and made into a self-esteem verse so, so many times. And, and you, you handled the scripture in what I think is a beautiful way. So I'm, I'm excited to dig in. We're going to talk about your book and I just want to get to know you better. So can you kind of start us off by sharing a little bit of your story? Sure. Well, thank you for that encouragement. It means the world to me. I was a good girl from a really good home and I was pretty feisty and confident. I was a tomboy whose face would turn tomato red after playing soccer with the boys and climbing trees. And, but around the age of 12, this girlhood confidence and feistiness began to fade. And I started experiencing these uninvited feelings of unworthiness, insecurity, shame, and it really didn't add up. Mm -hmm. I hadn't experienced any childhood trauma. I had everything a girl could want. And these continued throughout high school. And, you know, high school looked like being very focused on my self-image, being highly perfectionistic, uh, some chaotic relationship with food, disordered eating, uh, striving to get straight A's in, in school on the outside, it looked like I was the girl who had it together. And, mm-hmm. but really there was an untold story happening behind the sur- underneath the surface. And I was really fighting a serious battle with what I know now is clinical depression. Mm-hmm. I can remember, you know, driving home on a Friday night from a football game, just imagining what would it be like if I just crashed my car into mm-hmm. this into this off-ramp. And what happened is two weeks after I graduated summa cum laude from my all-girls school, uh, I had a smile stretch across my freckled face. And, uh, I, you know, two weeks later, I found myself in a deep and a dark and a debilitating depression Mm -hmm. because of many complex things at play, physiological, hormonal, spiritual, and, my body, Heather, was 
alive, but there was no life within me. And the only thing I could think is I just wanted, I didn't want to live anymore. And so I was admitted to the psychiatric hospital. I was put on antidepressants and I was sent home three days later to do outpatient therapy that summer while my friends were partying and, you know, decorating their dorm rooms for fall, that college. And on a gloomy June day, I grabbed my car keys. And I headed out with one destination in mind. And that was the Golden Gate Bridge with the intention to end my life by jumping off. And I was really close to that bridge. And I was driving somewhat recklessly. My tire hit a curb. Uh, I got a flat tire. I sat in my car paralyzed, unsure what to do. Uh, Suddenly there was a knock on my window and this silver haired, kind hearted man came to my rescue, asked if he could help. He called for roadside assistance. And after not talking for, gosh, probably over a month, I engaged with a real conversation with this man and something about that encounter gave me hope. And so I turned my car around after it was fixed and I headed home to my family Well, that was not the end of my struggles with mental health. That fall, uh, I was encouraged after bad advice from a counselor to try to move on with my life and start school where you're from, 3,000 miles away in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I was so overwhelmed. I stopped taking medication. I came undone again. I entered into a very even even more terrifying place, um, was, was not thinking clearly, was very sick, wasn't sleeping. My dad came home, flew me home. I was readmitted to the same hospital. I stayed there for three weeks. I even watched the Twin Tower attacks from the TV room of the hospital. Mm. And I was as broken, mm. as broken as a girl could be. Mm. And It was there in that psychiatric hospital when, you know, all these things that I had placed my identity and my worth in my accomplishments, my, my school, my athletic abilities, my popularity or being accepted were taken from me. And I didn't have anything impressive to offer. Mm -hmm. And Christians in my parents' life began praying for me. And I asked for a Bible. I started to read the Bible for the very first time in my life. As I read and poured over the gospels, I discovered that Jesus loved the broken and came to rescue them, came to offer them hope and healing and belonging. And through a whispered prayer one day in the, in the chapel of the hospital, as a woman is saying amazing grace, I surrendered my life and my heart to Christ. And I've never been the same. I have struggled with my mental health since Uh, a couple years later, the depression returned. I even had a suicide attempt in college. Um, I've had hard times in my thirties, you know, but God has been so kind and so faithful and through his grace, his goodness, through professional help and really being diligent about living a healthy and a clean lifestyle today, I'm thriving free from any symptoms of mental illness. And I just hope that my story can give girls and women hope and other people hope that their struggle is not their identity and the darkness isn't the end of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. The other thing I hear you saying is, you know, I think so often we think what we have to offer God is our perfection in a way. And I'm not talking about holiness. I just mean like, I've got it all together. Now you can use me, God. (laughs) Right. And, and you're so right. God is close to the brokenhearted. Like he uses us, 
you know, he speaks to us, he's close to us in those messy, hard times. And then he uses it, which he's obviously done in your life. And in your case, he's using your story to encourage others and give others hope. So I just, I love that. And I think that's a a really beautiful testimony of God's grace. Well, you know, actually, can we, can we go a little deeper? Like take us a little bit closer to the present. Like what made you want to write this book? I have had this book idea for probably 12 years. Okay. And one day I got an email in my inbox and it was from my now agent. And he was just curious. I had written a couple of Bible studies in my twenties. When I was 24, I wrote a Bible study called heal healthy eating and abundant living, which was a Christ centered uh, Bible study to help young women break free from disordered eating and poor body image. And it was used in residential treatment centers. And I wrote one with some friends called becoming who you are in Christ. And I wanted people to understand the depth of what it really means to be fearfully Mm -hmm. or lovingly and wonderfully made. And and so I had this idea for like a multiple chapter book uh, unveiling you know, 30 unique purposes that we've been made or created for. And, um, God just opened the doors. My agent is, is so encouraging. He believed in me. He believed in this message, even though I don't have a lot of social media followers or, you know, don't live loud online. I'm not super follow worthy or whatever. He believed in me and I'm so grateful. And he believed in this book and moody publishers, they believed in it as well. And, it was just, it was my COVID project. It was just a dream come true. I am so grateful. And I say that I'm a selfish writer because I write to be reminded Mm -hmm. of what is true as well as to discover what is true. (laughs) And so it's, it's this very worshipful experience for me. So I learned so much more Mm -hmm. about God and his character and our true identity, value, and purpose through writing this book. And, um, I give him the credit. I just, I'm so grateful. And I hope that it's encouragement to, to teen girls and women of all ages. Hey there. Are we email friends yet? If not, why not? What's the holdup? I want to connect with you. I have a brand new five-day body image email challenge. All you have to do is go to comparedtohu.me and press the red take the challenge button right there on the front page. Sign up and you'll get five days of email encouragement. Really, it's beyond encouragement. I am going to challenge you to think about your body and your body image in a new way. So take the challenge, go to comparedwho.me. And hey, after you sign up, hang out at comparedwho.me because I have 500 different blog posts, different articles on all things body image, beauty, aging, mothering, and keeping our kids' body image intact. All the things are there, friends. So go check it out, compared to who.me. You can also find all the old podcast episodes there too. So go to compared to who.me and let's be email friends. I can't wait to connect with you. What do you really think it means to be wonderfully made or fearfully and wonderfully made? Like what, what, what does that mean to you? Yeah, well, if we just, if we just park on that one verse, um, 
you know, of course I think it means like to be made, what are we made for? So that's why I wrote so many chapters about our purposes, um, unique purposes, but to be fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, I unpack this in the chapter made with love and wonder. And I just want to start by uh, encouraging your listeners with this amazing, astounding fact is that according to scientists, the odds of you being born are one in 400 trillion or more. And a definition of a miracle is that it is so unlikely. It is pretty much impossible. And by that, by that definition, we are all miracles. And so the 139th Psalm is a prayer written by King David. And um, it's in case anyone hasn't read it, I want to invite you to read the entire Psalm. There's so much depth in it and so much beauty about God, how God knows us intimately and loves us. Um, if we were to park on Psalm 139, verse 14, which says, I praise you, David says, I praise you talking to God because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And so of course, fearfully isn't a word that we're going to like go around, like describing our friends as, you know, um, but the biblical definition of the word fearfully is beautiful. And it comes from the Hebrew word yares to mean to stand in awe of, or to be awed. It means honor, reverence, and respect. So we've been made with dignity and respect. And then wonderfully it comes from the word pala, meaning inspiring delight, pleasure, admiration. Just, just think right now, you inspired delight to God. Mm-hmm. Um, been made with pleasure and admiration. Uh, you're extremely, extremely good and marvelous. And so this really is about, it's about so much, but, and I feel like I never get it right because it's, <laughs> there's so much to depth here. Um, but it means knowing and believing God created you with intention, with awe, with beauty and wonder. And it's really about praising God for your life. It's not about praising yourself because the verse David says, I praise you. He's not saying I praise me because I've been made this way. It is a an expression of thanks and worship. And he agrees with the creator uh, that God's God's creation is good and he refuses to believe otherwise. And so when we have a high and a holy view of God, we have a healthy view of ourselves. One that is neither insecure nor prideful, but powerfully confident in who God created you to be. So that's just scratching the surface a little Mm -hmm. bit of what I think this, this verse means. Do you, Heather, do you have anything to add to that? I'm just curious. No, I mean, I I'm about to say preach because my biggest pet peeve. So when I wrote compared to who I was just doing some research on this verse and I saw all the like crib bedding and, you know, coffee mugs. And they all just said, I am either fearfully and wonderfully made, or I am beautifully made, or you are beautifully made. And I felt like every single time I saw it, it took the God part out. Right. And as I read the verse, and as I was thinking about King David's heart 
as a worshiper, right? I mean, and he wasn't just like the like quiet, like mousy guy in church worshiper. <laughs> like he was like a dance in the streets kind of worshiper. It's like, there's no way that David wrote this as a self-esteem verse. David was not like, yeah, everyone look at me. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. Yeah, bring it, bring it on, bring, bring on the likes. You know, that wasn't him at all. And so it just hurt my heart a little bit that I felt like all of the... <laughs> All the church tchotchke companies, <laughs> if you will, were abusing this verse. And then I also saw, you know, I mean, I grew up in church, Allie. And so I went to the youth conferences and I was told that I was God's little princess and all of those things from a very early age. But I saw how it was so twisted into self-esteem. You just remember that you are awesome because God made you awesome instead of God is awesome. And I am awesome because God is awesome. And because he made me on purpose And it, you know, I, I, it's, it's so nuanced, right? It's so nuanced, but I think our culture is just so loud with the self-esteem messages that we've got to be really careful not to leave the God part out. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of feeds into like the body positivity movement, which Absolutely. is like another tangent. Yeah. Right? We, hey, we can go there, go there, girl, go there. <laughs> Well, well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's see if we, yeah, you don't want to go there. I'll, I'll go there and you can, you can tell me, if, <laughs> you can tell me if I, if you think I'm on the right track. So what I see with body positivity is it's, it's nuanced body pride, right? It's, I am awesome. Look at me, everyone look at me. I am awesome. And it's, I'm not going to say that everyone involved in body positivity is disingenuous, right? Like, I don't know anyone's hearts and that's not really my, <laughs> that's not my job to judge their hearts. But what I see happen too often is people are trying to go from this place of, oh, I don't really like myself to, oh, I love myself. I'm awesome. And focusing on just like strange things. Like there was a, a, a season um, it was probably, it was before I wrote compared to who, because it inspired me to write compared to who in some ways where people were taking pictures of their stretch marks and putting them online. And I was like, I, I just don't think like, yes, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. Our bodies are good because God made them in his image, but I don't really think putting pictures of our stretch marks online is the natural outcome of any kind of healthy relationship. <laughs> your body. I don't know. What do you think, Allie? Well, it makes me think of the verse in Romans 1 25, when Paul says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie mm -hmm. and worshiped and served created things right. rather than the creator who is forever praised. And so I think what we're unfortunately seeing within like maybe the movement of like the body positivity movement, we're really elevating or worshiping the body and not having any regard for the creator who fashioned our bodies in his image. And so, um, it's really self-worship. It's, um, it's also can be objectification. Like I share in my story, I, I did a podcast episode about, about this, about, uh, the danger of self-objectification and how it makes us sick. Cause I know my story for so many years, I saw myself as a body first and a person second. Mm -hmm. And when I was cutting out, you know, sports illustrated swimsuit models and putting them on mm -hmm. my mirror before the days of Pinterest, before Instagram. And I was putting this collage on my mirror of all the women that had the ideal bodies and the ideal look that I wanted. I was not only worshiping 
their bodies created things with disregard to, for the creator, but I was objectifying them because I didn't know their personality. I didn't know their dreams. I didn't know what made them excited to wake up in the morning or their favorite flavor of ice cream. I just saw them as a collection of body parts that I wanted and envied for myself. And so in the same way, I also objectified myself, which I think is just so demeaning to who God created us to be. You know, we are made with love and wonder and dignity and uh, it's God in our body that is the most amazing thing about us. It's not our body. Right. It's, it's, it's Jesus living in us. Right. And that is the most beautiful thing about us. And so it is sad to see, you know, like I did when I was younger, um, or it can even be tempted to do today is to worship and serve my body or other bodies and, and disregard God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went so far, Allie, and this was a line I debated over and over again with myself and then my editor and my, my beta readers and stuff. But I have a line in the burden of better that says thin spiration is demonic because, and that, cause that's, that's what it is, right? The thin spiration. I wasn't called that when I was a teenager cutting out pictures and putting them on my fridge. I think, you know, we were told that if you put the picture of the skinny person on your fridge, then you won't eat as much, right? Cause you'll want to be like her and you'll see her picture and you'll be reminded, you know, don't eat, <laughs> which is so messed up on so many levels, but it was totally accepted. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, it's the, the enemy wants us to get so caught up in objectifying each other and trying to look like each other that we totally miss out on God's purpose for our lives, which is really what your book is about, right? Digging in to all the different facets of how much purpose God has created us with. Hey there, have you read The Burden of Better yet? The Burden of Better is my book on how to lead a comparison-free life. Yes, that's right. I actually believe it's possible to live a life without comparing yourself to others all of the time. If that sounds good to you, I hope you'll snag a copy of The Burden of Better. You can get it wherever Christian books are sold, or you can start reading the first two chapters free right now on my website. Go to comparedtowho.me, look for the books tab, and find Burden of Better, and you can click right there and start reading today. I hope you enjoy it. Grab your copy of Burden of Better, and then join us for our book club at the end of every month this spring, we're talking about the book together. And I would love to hear your questions or your thoughts. You could drop me an email at heather at compared to who.me, or you can go to compared to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom and leave me a voicemail message on SpeakPipe. I can't wait to hear what you think after you read The Burden of Better. You have a chapter called Made for Beauty. And in it, you kind of talked a little bit about your body image struggles. Would you mind digging in a little bit more there and sharing more of that story? Sure. So I was definitely a girl for many years, many decades, who tried to build my life on my outward appearance. And I think I started experiencing body shame probably around the age of eight or so. I can remember comparing the circumference of my thighs to my friend's thighs. And 
you know, they were strong and sturdy and, and they had the bony legs that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up there with you. Yeah. <laughs> Same I story. Before the days of cur- curvy models mm-hmm. and body diversity, which I can appreciate, uh, I spent many nights in bed with my mom. You know, we would read books, but then I would also peer over her shoulder as she thumbed through the pages of Vogue magazine. And again, was was worshiping like or fixated on these bodies and just thinking, oh, if one day when I grow up, I want to be a model because if I'm a model, then prosperity, success, beauty, right. approval is mine for the taking forever and nothing bad can ever touch me. <laughs> right. And I did pursue modeling in, in high school. And I can remember, you know, going to several casting calls and they would always tell me, you know, well, you need to lose 15 pounds Mm -hmm. and then maybe we'll talk. And I just remember thinking like, I didn't have 15 pounds on my teenage body to spare. And so that always, you know, went into, uh, a disordered relationship with food, you know, binging and, and purging at times diet pills before soccer practice, that sort of thing. And I really look back and I see that I was living a very small life Mm -hmm. because I've learned that a self-focused life is a small life. Mm -hmm. And Jesus invites us into an abundant life Mm -hmm. to live what I call outward focused lives. And so he's gently taught me more about what beauty really is. And I can remember this one day, my husband and I uh, were going out, you know, I don't know, on a date night or something. And I remember getting ready and I like, I felt like I got like a little like hung up too much on my appearance, like wondering, oh, you know, is everyone gonna like find me captivating and, you know, irresistible or whatever. I don't know what my thoughts were, but I was like, just getting a little too hung up on my, my appearance. And then I sensed like God inviting me to step back. And these words came to me that have stuck with me ever since. And it's beauty. I'll make sure I don't mess them up. <laughs> um, beauty is not about how you look. It's about how you make others feel. And that has stuck with me ever since. So now when I get ready or maybe I'm going to coffee date with friends, I say that and I say, Lord, like help me make this person feel valued and loved and cherished and important because we're all wearing these invisible signs around our neck that say, make me feel valued. Mm -hmm. And as followers of Jesus, we get to do that. That's part of the purpose God invited us into is to live these outward focused lives, to serve and to encourage and to take the focus off of ourselves. I know the more self-focused I've been in my life, the more sick that I've been Mm -hmm. and God had compassion on me because, you know, depression is like, it's very complex, um, mental health struggles. And there can be seasons in our lives when we're just not able to look beyond ourselves because we're so unwell. And I know, I know God had compassion on me in those seasons, but I'm just grateful through his power, through his healing love, through professional help and lifestyle changes, like he's breathed the life back into me and now has called me to a purpose so much bigger than myself. And, you know, if I could just go back to my younger self, I would just be like, you know, you're falling for a cheap in life. Like mm-hmm. there is so much beauty, so much adventure, so much joy 
uh, ahead. And it makes me think of uh, an image I wrote about too um, in the book uh, about, you know, there's this, there's this little girl and is this illustration of this little girl and she's clinging to a tattered teddy bear and just hanging on for dear life. And Jesus kneels down behind before her and with one arm outstretched before her, he asked for her teddy bear. Mm. And she says, but I love it. I love it so much. You know, it was her security blanket. It was all she knew, but behind Jesus's back, what she didn't know was this giant, huge, new life-size teddy bear Mm. that he wanted to give her in exchange for the one that she was clinging on to. And I think this is an invitation God gives us. Like, let's, he's asking for our small, little, often self-focused and maybe superficial lives and says, I have something so much better for you. Like, just, just trust me. Um, I will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And it takes risk. It takes mm-hmm. sacrifice. It takes surrender to let go of that little teddy bear yeah. and to be invited into a greater story. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so grateful just in my years of ministry, I have met the most incredible women. I just recently got to interview Johnny Erickson Tata, mm-hmm. who is a quadriplegic. She's paralyzed from, from basically the, sh- the neck down and you know, I see her, you know, her body, yes, in the world's eyes, it's broken, but it's God in her. She has lived the most extraordinary life. You know, she's created this foundation. They've sent hundreds of thousands of wheelchairs to people with disabilities throughout the world. You know, her book has sold 5 million copies. She used to speak at Billy Graham crusades. Um, I've also gotten to know Bethany Hamilton well through our young women's conferences and the life that she lives. And she started this foundation for amputee women. And I've gotten to know um, so many brave and resilient women, you know, I've, I've met four female quad, quad amputees who don't have mm-hmm. their arms or legs and they're out in the ocean surfing wow. and they're alive and full of joy and bravery and beauty. And those are the women whose company I want to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, they inspire me so much and just give me such a holy, holy perspective. And I think, um, so yeah, living this outward focused life, like the life God has for us, the abundant life is so much better than the small life that our culture, you know, tries to sell us. Right. And I, let's flesh that out even more, right? Because what is the dream that culture is trying to sell us? The dream is that you can be thin and you can maybe have a hot boyfriend or husband to have this hot relationship which if we look at magazine covers or watch entertainment news, we know those hot relationships don't last and being hot doesn't necessarily keep anyone faithful to you. Um, But so it's like, what, what is this dream that they're selling? And if you like really flesh it out, it's like, it's, that doesn't really sound that great. And yet, and yet, I mean, I know someone listening today is thinking, well, kind of the desire of my heart right now is just to lose this X number of pounds, but we're missing out on so much when the desires of our hearts, when our dreams are just 
weight loss goals or body toning goals or wearing a size goals. Like there's so much more. And the world tries to tell us that we need to accomplish those things so we can accomplish these other things, right? Like no one will take me seriously unless I, you know, weigh or wear the size, but it's just not true. I mean, yes, we have some bias in our culture. Yes. There's some level of privilege that people in different body sizes have. I'm not ignoring all of that, but God put his divine purpose in us before we were born. All right. Back to that Psalm. And, and he's not going to let a couple pounds <laughs> stop us from accomplishing it. It's us. It's, you know, we that stop ourselves. We self-limit with that. So yeah, that's really good. Yeah, um, and I want to yeah, say yeah, on that in. note, like there's no judgment there, you know, right. it's like, we, we've all, most of us have been there or experienced that maybe fight that still. And so there is no condemnation in Christ. And so, you know, I don't want my, you know, us to feel like shame for that. Um, cause God has compassion and understanding for us. He's just so gently and kindly and lovingly inviting us into so much more. Right. Right. Amen. Yeah. And I mean, my people know that I'm talking about this all the time because I'm struggling with this. <laughs> so, so absolutely. There's no guilt, shame, or condemnation there, but I think we also have to be frank about it. Right. I think too often we just kind of gloss over it. Like we don't really want to say out loud that our greatest goal right now is a weight loss goal. And so I, I, I think we need to call that out as we can do better. <laughs> right. And it's, it's scary to think about, but I, I, I know that God has given us the grace to walk even afraid into new things. So I love that. Well, Allie, as we kind of finish up today, what, what's your favorite part of this book? There's actually, can you kind of explain a little bit more? Like you gave us a little bit of the rundown, but each of these chapters kind of give us what to expect in this book. And then tell me what your favorite part is. Sure. Well, there are 30 short chapters and every chapter starts with the word made. So it unveils 30 unique purposes that we have been made for. And the first three chapters are very foundational because it was my heart that, you know, a girl, a woman who isn't sure what she believes about religion, spirituality, God, Jesus, the Bible could pick this up and understand who God really is, what the Bible really says, who Jesus really is. And so the first three chapters for believers are probably a refreshment, but hopefully an encouragement. And then it just built from there, uh, made in the image of God, made with love and wonder, made to glorify God, made to bloom. That was probably one of my favorite chapters to write, uh, made for beauty, made for something more, made to live forever about heaven. Um, so there's just, there's a lot. Um, and then there's, uh, there's book club questions in the back. And an invitation we've been extending is to, for women and girls to do book clubs. And if they want to take it to the next level to consider taking a social media detox, because mm -hmm. I talk a lot about um, trading a distracted life for actual mm -hmm. life and living present and showing up for the stories God is writing in our lives and, you know, silencing the other voices and 
you know, I know how toxic social media can be from my own, from my own experience and working with so many young women, um, seeing, seeing what it does, uh, this is the research is there. So yeah, it's really a guidebook for unearthing the life we've been created for. And, um, it's one I go back to, like I said, it's like, it's so full of scripture that like, you know, I can bank on that, <laughs> you know, like anything else, like, yeah, it might be good. It might be helpful, but like the scripture there is like, there's so much scripture in it. And so I hope that it's really an encouragement and yeah. Absolutely. Well, like I said, I loved the book. I would encourage anyone listening or watching today to go grab a copy of it. It's called Wonderfully Made, Discover the Identity, Love, and Worth You Were Created For by Allie Marie Smith. I will put the link in the show notes so you can grab your copy. And Allie, tell everyone where they can connect with you if they want to just learn more about you. And actually tell us a little bit about your ministry. You alluded to it, but tell us a little bit about what you do ministry-wise. Sure. Yeah. So um, I have a personal website, AllieMarieSmith.com, A-L-L-I-E. And our ministry is called Wonderfully Made, of course. Uh, so is our podcast. So is the book. Um, and we are really a ministry for teen girls, young women, and the women who love them. And our mission is to help girls and women know their God-given value and identity and live spiritually, mentally, and emotionally healthy lives. Gosh, we've hosted 10 young women's conferences for about 10,000 young women and their moms and mentors. We have short films. We have a podcast um, and blog, just different encouragement. And so, yeah, I... I love writing and I hope to make space for it more in the future. Um, I am on Instagram. Like most people have a love hate relationship with it. Maybe not even a love, really like a like hate relationship with it, but like a I tolerate hate there. relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like one of my favorite things that keeps me there is I love connecting with my readers and I love hearing their stories and praying for them. Um, like that's my favorite part. That's what kind of keeps me going back there. Um, and then of course my dog's really cute and I post pictures of my dog. So <laughs> your dog Gidget. I love it. <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for being on the show today, Allie. Oh, Heather, I want to say thank you. And thank you for the important work that you're doing, the life-giving work that you're doing mm -hmm. to really help us trade small lives for an abundant life. I'm so grateful for you and excited that our paths have connect and that we can stay in touch. Oh, me too. Well, thanks so much for that. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's show has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. 
I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once.